Hello, everybody. What's up? <clears throat> Smoking. <laughs> Somebody stop me. That's uh, from The Mask with Jim Carrey. Whew, this is Noah Marger, the host of My Favorite Podcast. I just wanted to get out in front of the episode today because today is a very special occasion. You might be asking yourself, what's, what's the special occasion, Noah? What is it? Tell me. Well, I'll tell you. It's the one-year anniversary of the show of My Favorite Podcast. Let's go. Snap, snap, snap. Clap, clap, clap. But for real, it is the one-year anniversary of My Favorite Podcast, and that is nuts. That is crazy. Uh, I tried so much last night uh, when I was done recording the episode that you are going to hear today uh, to try and record this many times. Probably spent about two hours trying to get it right, and it just wasn't coming out how I wanted. So I slept on it, and I woke up this morning, got myself a gun like in The Sopranos, and I, I just wanted to say thank you. I want to say thank you to everybody who listens to this show. I want to say thank you to everyone who's ever been a guest on this show. I want to say thank you to people who have been a guest on the show who I didn't know personally prior to the show. Uh, I've been very fortunate to talk to some people who I greatly admire, who I had no personal relationship with prior to them coming on the show. And that has been amazing. That's something I didn't expect that would come out of this show when I first started it, and I anticipate trying to do it more. If you've been a guest on this show and we do know each other personally, you are a saint. You are a patron saint uh, of this show. You are a patron saint of podcasting as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it's pretty amazing that I've been doing this show for a year, uh, and when I've done a show that's not a form-breaking version of the show, like the Jeopardy episode or whatever... I've had a new guest every single episode for the last year. That is, to me, a testament to the willingness and the kindness and the loveliness of the people who have been guests on the show. And if the show doesn't really happen without you guys. The show does not happen. Uh, the show doesn't really come to life without you guys. So thank you. Um, seriously, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for giving me your time your energy, uh, and your good spirit when you come on the show. And thank you, and for those of you who listen, I mean, holy shit, thank you. Uh, it is very strange putting things out, quote-unquote, onto the internet, quote, into the world. Uh, it's you like, does anybody actually listen to this? Does anybody care about this? Does anybody like this? You know? And it's not just with this, it's with everything, you know? You know I'm, I'm, I also make movies, and I write stuff, and all that, and all that junk. Uh, and I'm like, damn, does anyone give a fuck <laughs> about any of this shit? Uh, and every week when I go and check the numbers, when I go and online and check the numbers, you guys are listening to the show. And that means so much to me that there is empirical data out there that the, even the government would say, yes, people are listening to this show. So thank you to those of you who listen, whether today is your first time ever listening to the show or you've been listening with us for the past 52 weeks or you've been somewhere in between thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this show and it's kind of interesting uh, I've been thinking recently sort of about well why do I like doing this show what is it about this show that I like 
and you know everyone comes on the sh- everyone who comes on the show it's always okay br- pick something that is your favorite pick something that you really enjoy pick something that you think that you could speak on and sometimes people stress a lot sometimes people are like damn i really don't know what to pick and i don't envy them to be in that position because that is kind of stressful but that's kind of the head fake of the show to me at least is we're not really talking about someone's favorite movie or we're not really talking about someone's favorite artist like musical artist we're not really talking about someone's favorite cookies or we're not really talking about someone's favorite whatever it doesn't really matter at the end of the day what you pick uh this show is about people this show is about talking to people and better understanding them as people as artists as human beings what makes them excited and what makes them tick and what makes them interested and glow and inquisitive you know it's it's really awesome to see people in on the other end of the show light up when they talk about the things that they talk about because I think you're seeing the best version of that person when they get excited you know I think when you see someone who's passionate and excited about what they're talking about you are seeing that person sort of as they really are I think um, and that's what I really like about this show is being able to shepherd that sort of process along and hopefully ask some questions that gets either the guest thinking or the audience thinking or somewhere in between. And that's why I really like doing this show. There's a lot of things that I want to do in my life. Uh, and I'm sometimes like, damn, can someone who does a podcast also make movies or, you know, write short stories and can someone who writes short stories also do comedy but can they also do drama can they act you know all that shit uh and I don't know if anyone can but I would like to do it and I would like to try to do it so thank you for listening thank you for helping me make this show for the last year enjoy the rest of the episode happy one year welcome to my favorite podcast with Noah Marger Well, I'm not paralyzed, but I seem to be struck by you. I want to make you move because you're standing still. If your body matches what your eyes can do, they'd probably move right through me on my way to you. I have not. That is Paralyzer by Finger Eleven, if you didn't know. Yeah, I I have not thought about that song (laughs) since... The last time I heard it, between then and and just now. Sorry to do that to you. You have um, you have that effect when you do that like opening song. It's like a song no one has thought of in so long, and you like <laughs> uncover them, like like you're like a you're like a, a a treasure hunter. You know, I'm like a bit of a Houdini when it comes to like 2000s like butt rock, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you ever heard the term butt rock yes, before? I have. I have, and it is it is extremely accurate. I love it. What does it actually? Because it doesn't actually mean like your butt, right? It uh, means something else. I think it means like like it it the the music sounds like the equivalent of smelling butt. That's awesome. That's is it actually though? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, sometimes, like, you know, butt smell is welcome. <laughs> sometimes you want to just smell an ass, you know, just get a big ass smell in there. You know. That makes sense, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's Paralyzer by Finger Eleven, if you haven't thought about that song since 2007 when it was popular. Oh, boy, welcome to my favorite podcast. This is the podcast about people's favorite things. I am, of course, the host of the show, whether you like it or not, Noah Marger, Noah M., Noah M from school, Noah M from work, Noah M from Noah M from the pandemic. If, if you're if you're fucking with shit like that, uh, welcome back, folks. This is the one year anniversary of my favorite podcast. Wow, wow. Like you can't it's two. That's about that's about eleven months <laughs> and uh, thirty days too long to be having done this podcast. But we're doing it. Uh, thank you for those of you who have listened. Uh, for the year. Thank you for those of you who came in at some point. Uh, this is your, also your first time listening. Thanks for being here. And to those of you who listened to an episode and said I'm not doing this anymore, uh, go fuck yourself. That is not welcome. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that. I think that sucks really bad. And I think that you should be telling your friends about the show and be listening to the show yourself. So that's where I stand on that, taking a hard-line stance on that. I'm a single-issue voter, and my <laughs> issue is do you listen to my favorite podcast or not? But now I'm going to introduce the fucking guest to the fucking show for the fucking one-year anniversary of the show. So here we go. My guest today is an editor known for such films as Chompy and the Girls and a little ditty you made a heard of called Pissed. Okay, I directed that one. Uh, as well, he is the lead assistant editor of NBC's The Voice. That's crazy. He's also a director who jumps between stage and screen with his short film Fire Drill and a staged adaptation of Pink Floyd's The Wall. But that's not all. He's also a musician and songwriter and one-fourth of the Tox Hards. If you go to the show description, if you go and you click that show description, like your fucking life depends on it, because it does, you can go watch the Tox Hards election night special titled Who Cares? The answer to that question should be you, uh, because I had the pleasure of sitting down for close to three hours and watching the entire thing uh and it's really good it is very good it is very well done there are some original songs in there a lot of covers a lot of guest artists up on stage check that out if you haven't uh i cannot say enough nice things about this guy i've Aww. had the pleasure with working him with him multiple times and he's here for the first time for the one year anniversary <laughs> special of my favorite podcast please welcome to the show Alan Machiarolo. Alan, what's up, baby? Uh, not much, man. Thank you for the intro. That's that's the kindest kindest <laughs> thing I could have ever expected. You're you're so good, man. You're like one of my best friends. I was just I'm so happy to be here. I've been a fan, dude. Been a thank fan you, for a year, apparently a year. Fucking couldn't yeah, believe isn't that it. Insane. Yeah. Uh, like before we started the show, you were like, "It's the one year anniversary." I was like, "No, it's not." <laughs> Doesn't feel like the one year anniversary for anyone. I don't think. Well, uh, it's, it's weird. It's crazy. Like as history will remember it, you started the show in in May of 2020, which yes. was peak apocalypse. Yeah, that was the worst time I could have started the show and I had no idea I was like this is gonna be great this is gonna be awesome and then literally it was like okay pandemic sucks already so bad, bad. already so uh, bad so fucking bad a police officer murdering a black man like so much worse unbelievably worse than a global pandemic 
civil unrest in every single way, a fucking election that no one like liked. No one was like, this is awesome. We, you know, we that, did a whole show about next. it. That's, that's what Who Cares was all about, was how terrible everything was. And then you come out here with your, like, crayon <laughs> fucking, like, <laughs> my favorite podcast with the, like, backwards letters. And, <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, I'm so glad that a white guy put out a podcast <laughs> during peak civil destruction. Well, the I, most civil destruction we've ever been around for in our lifetime, for sure. Well, I thought it was it was good of you good on you to sort of like when you introduced it i remember you were you were really excited about it but like you were like hey this is things are not going well and i understand that my podcast is just not important enough i don't want to like <laughs> put this on like people's news feeds uh during a time when it should be filled with you know essentially other more important things i thought that was cool of you to do uh back in back in the day that was really that was really good on you because like this this show uh all the episodes i've heard it's just it's just such a it's it's great it's a positive affirmation and your love of other people's interests is incredible i don't really like Thanks. it's like it's it, it's it's great i can't say enough good things about this show happy one year anniversary oh. and Thank uh you. and your intro rules oh the little like song the little synth song the, the song is really good uh, also, like I was one hundred percent convinced you got Tom Kenny to <laughs> say "Welcome to my favorite podcast" with Noah Barger, and I was well, like, "How did he do that?" And like, why Tom Kenny like liked it? He like he enjoyed <laughs> doing it. He like got he into awesome the character. He was like, and then you're like, "It's not Tom Kenny. It's like some other some." dude doing a voice modulation i was like no that was spongebob no way it basically feel i mean it, every single week spongebob introduces the show and i'm like bro that's one of my guys that's my <laughs> spongebob I, I called up spongebob himself and i was like hey i did you i did a lot of like favors for you back in like 99 when you were first breaking onto the scene you have to do this for me you have to do the intro to my shit and he was like you know what Respect. Game recognized game is what he said to me. And I was like, thanks, bro. Thanks for being cool. Uh, yeah, that was actually made by our, I think I've said it before on the show, but the theme song and the outro are made by past guest of the show, Sean Ulashin, who is doing his cardistry thing, doing his magic thing, killing it on Instagram and TikTok and stuff. So shout out to Sean. Thank you, Sean, for making that back in the day. Alan. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Uh, as long as it's Noe's question. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba, it's Noe's question. question. Well, you're in luck. It is Noe's question, bro. Congrats. Congrats. Ooh, I, right. I was nervous about that bet, dude. I put all my chips into <laughs> Noe's question. You did. You did. And honestly, I thought about sliding the rug out from under you, just being like, uh -huh, no, no, Noe's question. Just another little question. But uh, we're doing it. We're doing Noe's question. Okay. We're talking about Titanic, Event Shroud of Time today, which we will get into later in the show if you're not familiar with what it is. But what historical moment do we want in a Titanic Adventure Out of Time video game next? What is another historical moment, battle, period that we want in a Titanic Adventure Out of Time type video game? Okay. Is this is this is there a right answer to the question or is there like There's is, no is, right is, answer. is it my opinion? It's your opinion. Okay. Well, 
So the obviously the historic event of Titanic Adventure Out of Time, the video game from 1996, is the Titanic <laughs> okay. sinking. Yeah. So uh, the sequel that they were talking about was doing something based on the Hindenburg, yes. uh, which would have been really interesting because you've got like you're in Nazi Germany, like you know right. that would have been kind of crazy. But I have actually thought about what like. If not the Hindenburg, like what else? Sure. And um, you know, it's kind of hard because I don't like even with the Hindenburg. I don't think you can beat the Titanic. The Titanic is such an <laughs> unbelievable moment in time, uh, uh, and and just such a incredible opening act to the twentieth century in a lot of ways. Um, sure. But uh, if I had to pick something that was up there in importance of like the 20th century that wasn't the Hindenburg um I would actually have to say something to do with um it's in world it's at the end of world war ii something to do with the Manhattan Project um, let's go yes the Manhattan yes. Project uh because I think the Titanic, and I'll talk about this either, I can talk about it now or later, uh, uh, but uh, I think the Titanic is a, a perfect encapsulation of a miniature apocalypse. Like, okay. you have an entire society of all classes of people here on one ship, um, and the the world ends. The, the world of the ship ends. Sure. Some yeah, people yeah, yeah. are going to make it. Lots of people aren't. Who goes? Who doesn't? But the Manhattan Project is actually the physical manifestation of the tools that will probably end the world. I, if, yeah. if humans are going to go, it's going to be nuclear war. So <laughs> by by our own hand, yeah. quite literally, which is fucked. Yeah. So I, I I don't know how it would be played out because I you know this game is brilliant and how it uses the actual element of time like once sure, you hit yeah. the iceberg it is in real time with how long the titanic sank even less than actually uh but we'll get to the we'll get to the story oh, of the really? gameplay later yeah um but uh like i don't know how you'd map it out but i'd like something to do with if if not that like maybe like the cuban missile crisis or okay. um yes yes uh, like just those those moments in in nuclear warhead history um, that uh, were, have have basically plotted out the end of days for humankind, and that's that would make for a great video game. Well, that's interesting <laughs> that you said Cuban Missile Crisis because I had three options, the three sort of like other alternative things that we could do in a Titanic Adventure at a Time game. Okay, Cuban Missile Crisis being one of them, and I actually think that that situation because there was no like actual firing of anything you know it was yeah. all like anticipation of like are they gonna fire it are they not like we're sitting on eggshells would work so well in a game that is a point and click adventure where you have to like physically move throughout a space and like talk to other people and negotiate and pick things that like actually end up having an impact on how the whole situation goes so i think cuban missile crisis version of titanic adventure at a time would be amazing along those lines 
Give me a JFK assassination yeah! simulator. Give me, give me running. You know, you're in the crowd or something like that, and you get like ESP, and you can like see a guy going up the book depository or something. You have to like freeze time, and you're like every time that like you do something, time moves a little bit forward or something yeah. like that. Yeah, so yeah. give me that, and then also give me 9/11. <laughs> you know <laughs> that we gotta get, I we know. have to get 9/11 in I, there. I, you I, have to do it. I don't, I don't think you, you probably don't remember it. Like, do you remember? I don't remember it, it happening. No, I, rem- I don't remember it happening. I am just old enough. Like, I feel like people my age, twenty six, born nineteen ninety five. It's a mixed yeah. bag. I don't even know if it's half and half. I might be in a minority of people who actually remember remember it. I I think people from, I think most people my age remember it, and I think it starts to get cloudy after that. Actually, I'll, I'll take that back. I think most people my age would remember it, but not. By a mu- by much, I remember it. I remember it so clearly. You remember like, like in what context were you like? Were you at school and your parents came and picked you up? Like, was it one of those situations? Actually, or did you no. actually remember seeing it happen on TV? I uh, so I um, a lot of people have that story. I went. Uh, uh they they did a good job. I, other schools in my district, because I'm from a very small town in in Michigan. Sure. Um, and other schools in that district. Like some of them canceled school, some of them didn't. A lot of parents showed up and took their kids home. I don't have any recollection of people going home early that day, or at least that I knew about. Um, right. I got on the bus. I remember the bus driver, like acting like totally normal, but you know, at, at like like I don't think she she was probably she probably knew and was probably panicking, but was putting on like you know, a uh, a, a show a for for the face, kids, yeah, yeah. and um. I remember because it was September, obviously, and uh, the leaves were starting to fall, and I was crunching the leaves on my way home. That was my favorite thing to do after I got off the bus. Go up my driveway, go into the house. My grandma was over, and she was crying on the couch. She had been in hysterics all day, and they were, and it was on that. We had a big TV in the living room, and it they were just replaying the the planes the collapse everything Holy so shit. the thing is like i you know I, I think a lot of people will think about 9-11 as like ooh video game right. honestly for me remembering being able to remember it and knowing that everything changed and i felt everything change and i think that's a probably what makes me more of a millennial than gen z because gen z's more sure. gen z's like it was always part of our lives and i was like i I saw the change. I don't really remember what there was before. It was kind of the moment of consciousness. I don't know if I'd be cool with a, sure, a, sure. a mystery video game this close to it. Like, I think down the line, like, you know, it, like Titanic was so long ago, like the James Cameron movie and this video game, there are ways for us to like sort of understand and process and kind of give a bit of, meaning to what happened especially because it was it was an accident you know the titanic was an accident totally. 9-11 yeah. was an attack um yeah. and it's 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 you know uh but but i think you know uh even i think uh james cameron was filming uh uh a 3d imax ride thing called ghosts of the <laughs> abyss where he okay. was going back to titanic and while they were filming it w- 9-11 happened while they were on the <laughs> ship and like yeah. and it's this really weird moment in the documentary where james cameron was like 9-11 <laughs> happened and we were all just like so 
like you know struck and 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 horrified by what happened and you know we couldn't help but compare it to the titanic and i'm like yeah yeah i mean i guess dude a little different a little different in pretty much almost every way (laughs) except for the element of time like it's we have time i don't know it's it's heavy stuff we're talking a lot of, about a lot of heavy stuff on this particular episode <laughs> I mean, we are a, fucking we're diving in this is it's titanic good. it's a titanic and then what i love about adventure out of time is i think it does a great job of being respectful to the actual event but also sure. giving a lot of weight to the other tragedies that happened in the 20th century like you know obviously both world wars and the cold war because it, right. it all ties together in this insane plot and we'll we'll get to that but yeah we we we'll, we'll get to that that is that uh, that is a, that's a little treat for the listener who sticks with us on this one to find out maybe just it, it's revisionist history but in a very interesting way yeah uh i think in a tasteful what, way in a in a, it's hard to do revisionist history and make it seem like not dickheaded to do yeah. like it's like 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 you're a god like quentin tarantino doing like the flamethrower thing and like inglorious bastards like that's fun but it's almost like that's like borderline to me of like being cool with like revisionist history this doesn't in a way that feels respectful i think you're very correct yeah. in saying that. yeah the big difference between you know changing history in this game it's like all about like oh my god what could have happened if you know, we failed on the Titanic. That, that's the thing. It's like the game is incredible because the plot revolves around the fact that you're on the Titanic and what you do on the Titanic <laughs> may cause World War One, World War Two, and the Cold War. So what? Fucked. And then, but and then, and I, well, Tarantino's is more of like a personal vendetta against, like you know, like Hitler, and yeah. and and against the Manson killers. You know, it's like it's like. Tarantino just kind of enacting a uh, a cathartic like murder of murderers. Yeah, it's some Kanye shit. It's I am a god. He goes yeah. complete god mode in doing that. He's like, well, if I have the power to change history, I'm gonna change history and you know do the quote unquote right thing or do the thing that makes me like you know feel okay about representing this on screen. Whereas I feel like with this, it's like, I mean. I don't know. He's not changing. It's like you're changing history, but you're changing it so drastically that it's like, and it just never happened. Except because yeah. in the Glorious Bastard, it's like, okay, Hitler exists. He's shooting the flamethrower. People are going crazy. And it's like, okay, that happened, but not exactly that way. I feel it's yeah. this very small difference, but I feel like it's enough of a difference to where it like sits differently in you, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am curious, knowing you yeah. and anyone who's listening to this probably knows of you enough to listen to it or knows you personally. I think a lot of people maybe would have expected you to go the music route with something. So why did you end up going with this? Why did you end up going with Titanic Adventure at a Time instead? Um, well, uh, well, what's funny is I actually think this this particular episode might get a little bit more outsider attraction than just people who know me because sure. the game has such a kind of like interesting cult and, yeah it has it has a very loyal cult following. And but there's just so little about the game out there. I mean, there's 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 more and more all the time. Like this this podcast is now adding to the yeah. you know content about it. And but because there's like compared to like you know fans of I don't know uh, Call of Duty or fans of like uh, Half Life, you know yeah um, for sure. Like there's so like little information about this 
this game and like content about this game for a game that came out we're coming up on like oh wow it's like the 25th like, anniversary it's, like the, tw- it's right? the 25th anniversary of the game we're coming up in in, in like five years it'll be 30 years old like Damn. it's insane and and the game's essentially as old as i am so there we go so uh uh like I, I think you're probably gonna attract some 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 people outside some the freaks. game. Yeah, some <laughs> some some you know. Hey hey hey, Titanic out of uh, Titanic Adventure out of time forever. I see you, Facebook bros. Um, <laughs> Let's so, go. Hey, shout out to the Facebook. Hey, if you're here from Facebook, let me know. Hey, yeah, man. who's listening to this in 2025 from Facebook? Am hey, I right, baby. <laughs> You yeah. guys are my great. favorite podcast brought me here. Uh, yeah. I, okay, so I, you picked this. You picked this. Why? I picked it because. Um, like yeah, like you said, like you know, uh, you knowing me know how much I love music, and I talk about it, and I'm always yeah. listening to new music, and I'm always obsessing over music I already love even harder. Uh, like I could have easily, like you mentioned, you know, we did uh, a theatrical adaptation of Pink Floyd, The Wall, and right. just recently we we had a a, a Zoom celebration uh, of that show. Um, so it's kind of like fresh off, like, like it's fresh on my mind, even of itself. And so I sure. could have talked about the wall, my favorite album. I could have talked about, you know, you know, how much I love the band rush. I could have talked about like, you know, a lot of indie artists, like some hip hop artists that I love, but, sure. uh, uh, I didn't, I picked this game, <laughs> yeah. uh, because, um, you know, like I, I was kind of going through your show and seeing, like, you know, I, I, my, the, the episodes that I tended to go towards were like people's, like, this is my, uh, my favorite, like, uh, uh, well, I, you know, I'm a big fan of Dustin. Yeah, so, we love Dustin. So yeah. you know, uh, listening to uh, Sasquatch, like you know, that that's pretty part of the course for Dustin. But the episode you had with, um. Uh oh my gosh um uh Birdie and uh uh oh with uh, Maddie Ogden yeah 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 uh yeah oh my, what's the name of that show Tuca that, and Birdie I literally was like watching it last week yeah Tuca and Birdie <laughs> yes I was I was like Tweety the bird I was like I'm such an <laughs> idiot I can't even believe I remember all the details about Titanic I can't remember what I ate for breakfast <laughs> this morning but um but like it was just it was like things that were like ooh or like my favorite amusement park ride or my favorite you know like the the weirder ones like my favorite sure. you know uh <laughs> my, my favorite <laughs> piano key like the weirder <laughs> ones and i was like okay for me like my favorite video game is not a weird pick i think but for me sure. it is and when i totally, when yes. i started thinking about like okay what's like something i don't like like oh my favorite album like okay everyone knows alan's favorite album's the wall my favorite this yep. but What's Alan's favorite video game? Like, would you be able to? Would you have been able to tell like what my Absolutely favorite video not. game was before I no. said Titanic Adventure? So when I thought about it, I thought I kind of thought like I don't know, like uh, some Valve game like Portal Two or, or Half Life or sure. something, or Pokemon Emerald, like you know childhood favorites. But then I was like, oh, Titanic Adventure out of time, and and um, I was introduced to the game by uh, my uncle Mark. Who, shout out Uncle Mark. Shout out to my Uncle Mark. He would definitely probably will not hear this. There are so many F bombs on this. So <laughs> so my Uncle Mark, he's he's uh he's I think he's now in his sixties. Um Oh is he really? He has, I didn't realize I he think was so. that old actually. He might he might be a little younger. He's older than my dad. Uh gotcha. But um and my dad's in his mid fifties. Sorry, Dad. Um 
Sorry, Dad. Sorry, Dad. And uh, uh, but he has he has a learning disability, so right. he he actually kind of has uh, the mind of like uh, 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 maybe someone from like like ten to thirteen years old. Um, sure. And he in when I was a kid, like he he kind of lives he he lives in a time capsule of like the nineties almost, you know. Hell yeah. Um, okay. So he's got the same computer. And because it's never been connected to the internet ever, it's like the same oh, wow. computer from like 2002 and it runs like Windows 98 or something. And wow. he's got the same monitor that's like, you know, like four feet like in depth. <laughs> yeah, deep, yeah. And it yeah. like, you know, the bubbly like screen, you know. And if yes. you put a magnet up to it, it'll like ruin it, you know. He has <laughs> yes. all of that. He still has that. And he has the two discs of Titanic Adventure at a time because it wasn't Let's just go. one CD-ROM. It was two CD-ROMs. It was like wow. once you got to a certain point of the game, it was like a little, a little, the, the game like shut off and a little like window came up was like please insert disc two to continue your wow. adventure out of time like it was uh, it was like so he had all that and so when when i was a kid it was like my uncle mark i love him so much because sure. he was you know growing up the only adult that ever acted like a kid so we yes. were like best friends you know he wasn't my uncle <laughs> he was my best friend you know totally yeah, and yeah. um and so he would just play this game and i was a little kid like five, six, seven years old, just wandering around the Titanic. And he would, he would like play it and, you know, actually talk to the characters and beat the game. And, you know, there's wow. the, the violence and stuff. And so I kind of figured out how to play and beat the game without really understanding any of it. Cause what kid knows about world war one and Franz Ferdinand, <laughs> you know, unless you're like some like, you know, like genius, you know, whatever, which I was and am not. <laughs> so, I, right. you know, I, uh, uh, I have so many memories of just like sitting in my uncle Mark's room, you know, uh, he, he still lives with, uh, lives with my grandma, uh, and, uh, uh, we would just, we'd play that game for hours and we'd like take turns and it's some of my That's happiest so nice. childhood memories playing that game. And it was just amazing growing up, like remembering that game and then kind of revisiting it and, playing it like oh you know i'm nostalgic for this thing i'll like check it out like because that was fun and i was like oh maybe sure. maybe it won't be fun now that i'm like older like have you ever tried watching drake and josh lately <laughs> uh not yeah actually like somewhat recently it doesn't hit the same Nah, it does not hit the same hits poor yeah. um sorry drake <laughs> and josh um hope you guys get over your feud um I so, do love the episode of Drake and Josh, not to absolutely fucking take this off <laughs> the fucking tracks. Real. Just <laughs> run this into the iceberg. <laughs> not to not to sink this ship too quickly here, <laughs> but the episode of Drake and Josh that I will stand by as always liking is the one where they make the bet with each other, where Drake says, I bet you can't not play video games, and, Drake, and Josh says, I bet you can't not eat junk food. There is something about that episode to me where I'm like, that is like quintessential TV in my mind for some reason. Just that hey, episode. Hey, uh, you know, that's when I have to revisit. I actually, I rewatched the, the Soul Man Blues Brothers episode. Oh, and I yes, was, dude. I was, at, I was severely disappointed. I was like, man, this is so, this in my mind, it was so good in my mind. <laughs> so, in my mind, So, yeah. yeah, so I was afraid that replaying Titanic Adventure out of time would be uh, a problem. Like, oh, no. Sure. Like, yeah, but it's dangerous to do that. It's dangerous. But, oh, my Lord. Yeah, bro. I was blown away by the, the detail. 
the the end i mean you could play this game a million times and not discover everything the plot sure. is incredible the yes. the plot is like like you change history forever depending on what you do on the titanic but there's one thing you can't stop which is the titanic is going to sink you know totally. yeah and it's uh, I, I don't know to this day even just talking about it right now my mind is blown by how just it's like goldilocks like every single Thing about the idea the imagination that goes into this game is just oh mwah, it is incredible i'm so happy it exists and i'm so happy that revisiting the game made it even better because now not only is yeah, there that yeah. nostalgia factor when i hear the music the creepy creepy music yes. that kind of comforts me a little bit because i've been hearing it since i was a little kid yes. you know but yeah. also like i can like rest easy knowing that oh this game is kind of brilliant and pretty much every single way especially when it comes to character and story you know does your obsession with the titanic start with this game and then only get deeper from there or is that like is that your origin story with like being obsessed with it because it's fair to say that like this like spawned a like deep interest in the titanic outside of the game for you right yeah yeah that's i i uh like it's kind of petered off with time as i have to fill my brain with like codex and stuff for work like transcoding yeah. settings and stuff and titanic trivia will sometimes be put i used to know how many rivets were in the ship like to, I, do you I, know off the top of your head i now? don't remember off the top of my Fuck. head um but uh uh no i i it is fair to say i am completely and utterly like fascinated endlessly fascinated with the disaster that is the titanic um there and were three million rivets in the Titanic. By the way, I just looked it up. Well, I, uh, I, there were there there was this game. There was a, there was like a card <laughs> trivia game that my uncle Mark used to have because he he was also obsessed with the disaster. Um, I think it was probably spurred on by Titanic fever of the nineties because totally. you had Titanic Adventure at the time. You obviously had you know the movie Titanic, and you right. had all of these different like. I would say, like, grave robber, like, uh, uh, expeditions down to the ship taking stuff up, and they would, they would, like, have televised events out of it, especially, like, in the late 80s and early 90s, and, um, like, uh, uh, it was just, like, there was, like, this weird fascination with the disaster during that time, and I think that's probably what spawned my uncle to learn all about it. He has, like, all these different models of the ship, scale models. Um, and I, uh, you know, as a kid, I, he would, you know, passionately and obsessively like, you know, a little kid talk to me about the Titanic and I, it blew my mind. And then I, I remember I watched the movie, the James Cameron movie by myself, uh, at the age of seven on the double VHS thing where yes, you had to put yes, the VHS yes. in. Everybody owned it. Everybody owned the double yes. VHS, dude. I, I got to yes. get a copy of that and put it on my shelf. Cause that thing rules. But, that thing um, does rule. Uh, and I, I watched it and, and I, it blew my mind. I went to school the next day. Like I cried like Jack, you know, <laughs> That's awesome. everything. Yeah. I saw boobies. Like I actually, <laughs> so I went to a, a, a quick side tangent. I, I got to see an incredible screening of James Cameron's 1997 yeah. masterpiece Titanic at the Queen Mary in Long Beach. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. 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 And I went with a great, incredible friend of mine. She now lives in Australia. Uh, Michaela Hook. And Shout out. yes, and Michaela, um, uh, she uh, she is gay, 
and um, I am not. So we both like women, <laughs> and we are watching okay. Titanic. Okay. We're watching Titanic. We both love the Titanic. She was also like a huge Titanic nerd. Like my favorite thing she told me is like she would invite her friends over like on the anniversary of the sinking. They would watch oh, the movie, nice. and then at two twenty a.m. you know April fifteenth, like every time they do it. They'd stop the movie or they'd like time the movie so that it would end at 2.20. And then at the oh, time they wow. would, they would like have a moment of silence at 2.20, you know? And I That's was like, awesome. you are, you and I are on the same wavelength. Like I had, yes. I was the exact same way growing up. Like after my uncle had spawned that interest in me, I, um, uh, uh, uh like that, that, like you, I've never met anyone who had that much of an interest. That's my <laughs> totally. age, you know? And yeah, usually, for sure. cause usually like you, you meet, people who are also like obsessed with it and they're like oh yes i love and you're like i, I <laughs> yeah, don't yeah they're like i don't know they're trying to like excavate like underwear from like the bottom of the thing they're like maybe i can get some like maybe can there's like remnants yeah. of like pussy smell <laughs> like the yeah. underwear from the bottom maybe i can discover they, that the, that's what they're obsessed with yeah they're, they're like i don't know they're like like uh, i'm upset i i not obsessive but i'm fascinated by the forensics of it as well but i i've never lost sight of the 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 like the tragedy of the thing sure and um like to me it's like it really is a, a miniature apocalypse but like i used to do like kind of the way i would process my fascination with it as a kid was to like you know watch the movie on the anniversary of the sinking uh go to the like you know museum uh exhibits that they would have like the traveling exhibits the one they have in vegas the one they have in orlando is particularly really cool uh so michaela also Loved the Titanic. So we went to the Queen Mary together. That's so awesome. Watched the movie. They had a miniature artifact exhibition on the actual ship, and they had uh, the screening right on the dock next to the ship. So, like, you're watching the movie with the Queen Mary just, like, right there in the background oh, all lit up. Oh, that's so cool. And then, like, Kate Winslet, you know, says, draw me like one of your French girls. And then, you know, she takes the robe off, and and I, I just... I leaned over to Michaela. This is this is this is chauvinist of me, but I leaned over and I was like, "This was the moment when I was seven years old, like that it clicked <laughs> for me for, for you know that I like <laughs> and, women. And, yeah, that I like <laughs> yeah. that I like women." And she leans over and she says, "Me too." <laughs> yes, dude. Yes. Shout out to Michaela Hook. Dude, love shout that. out. I uh, 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 love you and miss you, Michaela. We'll talk soon. Um, so. That's so nice. It's just, yeah, it's just so, I, you know, the movie had a, uh, uh, the, the movie is incredible for a lot of different ways because I think it, it does do a great job of, like, just making you feel so drained at the end because of the tragedy, you know? Sure. I mean, it's, yes. it's, it's not high art by any means, but it kind of is, and I think in the way that it, it's effective. I know it's very, very popular to just, like, shit on James Cameron's Titanic. Just like, sure. ugh, Titanic. It's like a threat to masculinity, you know? But <laughs> sure. I fucking love Titanic. It's one of my favorite movies, if not my favorite movie of all time. Whoa. Um, uh, uh, actually, probably... It'd probably be a uh, the sunrise, a song of two humans by F. W. Murnau, which is a way more pretentious movie to say, but yeah, um, a little bit, yeah, but that's fine. But I love Titanic, the movie, and the game, and and it just all kind of further, you know, created uh, a particular fascination with the actual disaster, and sure. and you know, I, I guess it all sort of 
it all kind of came around the same time, I guess, to ultimately answer your question 400 years later. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It, it, it wasn't the game in particular that spawned it. It was, it was, I'm just going to say it was my uncle because my uncle sure. had, he had, uh, my uncle Mark had a, 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 an obsession, a real obsession with the ship, the models, everything like I mentioned. And that, that was just sort of passed to me in all the ways that it could be through the game, the movie and the just general interest. That is amazing. It is so cool when like, you know, someone in your life who is usually older than you is like into something and they like take you in and they're like showing you all the shit. It makes you feel included. It makes you feel like you're like oh, in yeah. on something. And like, even if that thing doesn't rub off on you specifically, like let's say they're into like model trains or something like that. Like maybe you're not into model trains, but the fact that <laughs> well, they're uh, showing you, oh, sorry. <laughs> maybe you are into yeah, model there's, trains. The, 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 uh, it's, it's audio podcast, but like, you know, we are zooming right now. This, this yes. whole shelf you see around my room is a model train. Okay, so you are into model trains and the Titanic, so, you know. Cannot believe I am not a virgin. (laughs) But, like, if someone brings you in to that world, you know, where it's like, this is my thing, just their enthusiasm about that thing, it's, like, hard not to be infected with, like, holy shit, that thing is cool, holy shit, like, that thing, like, is special, even if the thing itself doesn't resonate with you, it's just sort of the cherry on top if the thing actually does resonate yeah. with you. And you know what I mean? Yeah, and it does. Like I have ultimately I think my fascination with the Titanic and and everything everything that, you know, uh uh, uh comes with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh ultimately leads back to my love for my Uncle Mark. But so nice. even without, you know, you know, my Uncle Mark or anything that he did, like I have an understanding and an appreciation and, uh, um, you know, my, my own sort of thoughts about the disaster and, uh, uh, just completely separate from that. But ultimately it all leads back to one place and it's, it's my incredible, my hero, my uncle Mark. I want to switch gears just a little, little bit. It's not too much of a gear shift, but it is sort of the other side of the coin of this because one side of the coin of this topic today is the Titanic itself, the ship, the disaster, the event of it sinking. Yeah. But the other side of the coin of what we're talking about today is going on the computer to play a game. Yeah. That is like the other side of the coin of this entire thing. This isn't. This is kind of a question, more of just a statement. But is there anything more nostalgic or reminiscent of being a kid in the era that you and I grew up in than booting up your old computer? To play a game that you inserted on CD-ROM yep. into the disk drive. That has to be the most, like, I am safe, I am cozy, nothing bad can happen to me type feeling in the entire world. Oh, my right? God. Dude. Holy shit, man. <laughs> Just bringing my guests to their fucking knees yeah. by asking them questions about childhood nostalgia. But it is. It really yeah. is just, like, just it makes you feel safe. I don't know. That's how I feel, at least. Like, if I'm thinking about... You know, I had this game. It was a Curious George, like, early, like, development, like, child game or whatever that I had at, like, my grandparents' house if they Aww. would, like, watch me, like, after school or whatever. And I remember I'd be in, like, their like where the computer was, and there would just be this part that you would just throw pies at people. Like, that was just part of the game is you would just throw pies at these, like, guys who, like, walked by, and that was, like, you were Curious George or whatever. And there was this sound bite 
of this guy going, it's pie fight. And that would be like to, that would be like to introduce the, the whole segment or whatever. And my grandfather, my pa, would be like in the other room, you know, sitting on his duff, watching TV, drink, drinking a caffeine-free Diet Coke. And I would like come out and I, he would be like, were you having fun? I'd be like, yeah, it was awesome. And then he would just go, it's pie fight <laughs> like in this like big voice and i'm like dude he gets it yes bestie it is oh. pie fight bro and you can you Isn't can that, you hear it's pie fight like verbatim pixelated. in your mind yes it's pixelated and it's like gargled i'm gonna try and do my best like live recreation oh, of it. hell it's like, yeah it's like it's pie fight like just like <laughs> just like so like warbled and gargled and like terrible coming out of like one tiny speaker like like sitting next to the computer oh my god there's just something so magical about that because technology was like so primitive yeah. you know yeah where it was like this is like the most incredible thing now you can like go on silk road and like hire a hitman to kill someone yeah. like, from the seat of your room and like technology is so different you know it's crazy yeah no i mean it's it's what's funny is I, i'm not i don't play video games you know, like, sure. I don't do it like my my most of my friends do um, and they play everything from like first person shooters to like world, you know, uh, I don't even know what they're called, man. Like the the, <laughs> the ones where you're all sharing a world like the what's the new one with Keanu Reeves? Super the one where you're sh- are you talking about cyberpunk? Yeah, I was about to, I was about <laughs> to say supercomputer 2017. I don't You're know. Close. That's what it is. I don't That's what know. it is. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm into like I, I I I'm not a video game person, but like uh so when it comes to like like when it comes to PC games, sure. I, I stopped after I was a kid. But the games I used to play it was I had two Lego games, Lego Racers. Oh yeah. And my yeah, yeah. my dad bought a uh, joystick, a USB joystick to wow. control the the car and it was amazing and he he had to he had to he had to stop with the joystick. He played so much of it he he broke his he like almost <laughs> broke his wrist playing that's that awesome. game. He played that game more than I did. Uh that's Lego awesome. chess, that's how I learned how to play chess. Um okay. and uh, uh uh you remember the car putt putt? Okay. So that is the su- there are like different subcategories of like these computer games. Yeah. I think Pajama Sam, Putt Putt, yep. Freddy Fish, Freddy Fish. Oh, dude, remember that guy? Dude, when I hear the song, there's a song by Spoon. All right, this is for yeah. Dustin because Dustin's gonna hear this. Yeah, uh, shout I out Dustin. Shout out Dustin. There's a song by Spoon uh, called Inside Out, and yep, there's this I'm very familiar. Yeah, yes. so that that like. The, uh, the harp yes. thing, I was that unlocked Freddie Fish in my like psyche. Let's go! Yes, I couldn't believe it because like Freddie Fish had harps and Freddie Fish had um uh, a steel drums all throughout like the soundtrack. That's and, true. And I yes. and I it like unlocked so much of that. Like I I don't know. That's a great song. Inside Out by Spoon. Love it. That is that whole al- what is it called? Is that whole album called They Want My Soul? They Want My Soul. Yeah, That's great good. album. That but, and. Ga 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 ga, Mwah. Chef's kiss. But, but yeah, you have, so you have pajama Sam, putt putt, Freddy Fish. You have stuff like that. Yeah. You had Jump Start. Do you remember Jump Start <gasps> games? How are you doing this to me right now? <laughs> yeah, I had a, I had a few Jump Start math games because uh, I was an idiot. I, I had a Math Island as well. That was a. What was up with Math Island? So like you had to you you had to go around this island 
I don't think there was a plot, but in my mind I created a plot because I was Let's six. Go. And, yeah. like, there was a volcano and there was, like, an astronaut on the island. And, like, in my mind there was, like, an astronaut had, like, crash-landed on the island and had to, like, stop a volcano. And the only way he could do it was math because he was smart because he was an astronaut. I don't think that was Let's a plot. Go. I think you were just you just had to solve math stuff. But I was <laughs> I had a I had a crazy imagination back then. I try to Jump tap start, into that. Uh, Jumpstart was all educational games, yes. right? Like that was their whole point. Yeah. yeah, those were good, man. Those I remember we had. Did you have a computer room in your house? Um, not at first. It was in. It was on like the a a side counter in the kitchen for years, and then it moved into um what was like the library dining room area gotcha we yeah. moved that we turned that into the computer room and that kind of became where i played uh like putt putt and and uh um freddy fish and all those games yeah i was just gonna say then there's like another sex subsection of computer games where it's like disney and nick and cartoon network used to have fucking games on those websites were you ever a guy who like went to like cartoonnetwork.com and played like the flash games and stuff you did it again. Holy <laughs> you shit. You did it again. I remember, yeah, Nick, because they would have games on the on their websites, nick.com. Yes. I remember there was a game I played probably like every day for like a month straight. It was um, it was like your SpongeBob and your cooking Krabby Patties, and you had to do it in the right yes. order. And like, it, yes. I, think, I think it was like the ingredients would come by, and it would be like in a particular order, and then you'd have to recreate the order from like memory. It was like a memory game, essentially. Yeah, um, it was a memory game and like a time game, right? Like there was a yeah. certain amount of time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I remember that. I used to, because I used to go, because um, my parents, uh, they are, um, uh, uh, they're, they're they're amazing, and they uh, uh, when they 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 threw out all of their ambitions for like a, a, a life of, of of being in the music industry to just take a chance on owning a, a craft and antique store and lo and behold sure. the it was you know a lot of small business owners will you know try and fail try and fail try and then finally find success they did it on the right. they did it on the first try they, they still own the same store that they opened for the first time when they were younger than me um so oh, really yeah they were 23 when they opened the town peddler that's so nuts yeah, town- I, did, I knew they that they were like were married and lived like you know worked together but i didn't realize they were 23 when they opened that place that's I, nuts i think they were 20 i think they were 23 they got married and they like opened the store like soon after if not like a little bit before i should ask them about that but yeah there shouts out to the town peddler craft and antique ball in livonia michigan <laughs> shout, shout out to the t- what, the town peddler the- craft and antique ball yep Yep, that's yeah, it. Yeah, shout out to that. And I, yeah. yeah, so my parents would like, you know, they'd be like, shit, we got to bring our little ass kid to fucking work today because <laughs> it's it. summer and we the babysitter's busy. So uh, my mom would like give up her laptop for the day and be like, here, go play games or do whatever. <laughs> yeah. Go do something. Just leave me the just frick leave alone. Leave me alone, yeah. like a pacifier. So I go on nick.com and just just play like those uh those like internet games yeah and those don't exist in the way like the the time of going to disney.com or cartoonnetwork.com or nick.com totally got subsided and flash games as well by apps by the app store by like that whole thing so there is a generation of kids who don't know like that there were just used to be games that would just exist on actual like online as opposed to like 
going on the app store and downloading, you know, yeah. Temple Run 2 and like running up your credit card bill for your parents so high that they have to remortgage <laughs> their house. Like that is a like an entire thing that exists yeah. for these kids that like they don't know about doing it. And do they care? No, they don't give a shit. No. But like that's a time and place for us where that like was a very specific feeling and you know maybe the page wouldn't load or maybe like you know like something was on like for the parental controls and now it's just like so different but that really got subsided and so that is like a very particular time and place with the games much like these cd-rom games of titanic at a time much like these putt-putt games and these jumpstart games uh so those i just wanted to give you you know jog your brain maybe a little bit and you know take you on a little bit of nostalgia trip for that sure did um but what is so satisfying about a point-and-click type of game? Because the Titanic Adventure at a Time game is a point-and-click adventure. First of all, what is a point-and-click adventure, first and foremost, and what makes it so satisfying as a game genre for you? Well, a point-and-click is essentially like you have, if you want to do anything, you you, you, you point your mouse and click. Yeah. And that's how you do everything. It's not like a, uh, it's not a game where you're kind of using your keyboard a lot. Like you're really using the mouse. At least in Titanic Adventure, let's see. That's the thing. I haven't played a lot of point-and-click games. Sure. I haven't played a lot of video games in my life. Like essentially, all those computer games I used to play on CD-ROM were all those kids' games I mentioned: Putt Putt, Freddy Fish, all that Lego stuff. And Titanic Adventure out of time. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. So at least yeah. in Titanic, you the the literally the the only like keys you press on the keyboard are the arrow keys and everything else is your mouse um and uh at least in titanic adventure out of time there uh uh, there are pre-decided answers that you can choose from or pre-decided responses so if uh, someone's like hi how are you you can say like it'll give you like you know anywhere between like one to five options i think and they can range from like great how are you to leave me alone you prick (laughs) you know and you can kind of decide what you're going to say to these people how you're feeling um and uh 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 uh, um so i don't really know how most point and click games work but i think the satisfaction at least in titanic adventure out of time is kind of having freedom of movement for lack of a better term and freedom of choice you know like you you really choose depending on your responses to these people depending on where you're going when you when you go to certain places when you talk to people uh uh, what you do with certain pieces of information and clues that you pick up along your way uh depending on all of that is complete it's all up to you and you're basically in the driver's seat like you are in control you yourself the game is not holding your hand the game is pointing you in certain directions but it's not forcing you to go in those directions you know it's it's interesting because how old were you when you were really playing this game like really like seven eight nine in and around that age uh i think i first beat it when i was eight but i didn't understand like i was like it was like you know the the uh can I spoil the ending? Is that allowed? Yeah, you can spoil the ending. So, yeah, like, you know, sure. the ending, um, I'm sure people who are listening to this have at least heard of the game uh, or know the game. Uh, but the ending... Or not. Or not. If you, well, everyone knows how the Titanic ends. Well, everyone the, the, knows well, yeah. how that goes. Well, yeah, but, like, the ending, like, when you change history, there's an insane yeah, for sure. thing where, like, one of the objects you have to get off the ship, one of the goals of the game is you have to get, like, these four different objects off the ship, and these objects will ultimately be the domino that ends up 
causing World War One, Two, and the Cold War. Uh, and uh, uh, one of those objects is a painting of uh, Vienna, and on the back of this painting are uh, uh, troop deployments into Germany from England. Um, and right. uh, uh, when you take it off the ship in the in, in the ending of the game if if you take it off the ship it is revealed that um the uh painting uh eventually becomes famous as the only like piece of art that made it off of the titanic and so the yeah. painting and its author become famous and the author of the painting that the the artist is adolf hitler yeah yeah and you and he enjoys a, a, a life of being a lucrative artist for the for 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 the rest of his days, and yeah. World War Two and Nazi Germany never happened because he, what a life. Yeah, I mean that you know that that painting was actually painted two years I think after the ship went down, but like just like that's I think that's brilliant. That's a brilliant use of imagination and kind of tying a lot of because this was the end of the twentieth century that this game was made. And, right. and it was sort of like, kind of like, you know, uh, these, uh, these game developers, these writers, uh, uh, I don't remember the name of the, the, the writer. I, I should have prepared better for that. Uh, no, his name, I have it right here. Oh, it is yeah. Andrew Nelson. Yes. Andrew Nelson's just kind of stamp on, on kind of summarizing the, the, the biggest and worst bits of the 20th century. Uh, uh, and sort of the fact that you have the chance to make the 20th century better, you know? Yeah. And, yes. and coming at the end of the 20th century in 1996, when the game came out, it was, uh, uh, that, that's pretty, I, I just, uh, it blows me away even just talking about it. Like, it's so cool. So cool. It um, is so cool and, to and have I, that much level of freedom, yeah. you know, in a game and like, feel like you are like, you are changing history. Yeah. You are the one who's doing it. Yeah, like when you when you get to the end, you feel like, oh my God, I did it. And then the game stops and it goes back to your desktop and you look at the time and you're like, nah, it, it, World War II still happened and everything. <laughs> but I think that's the, the most sad. In this game, I think the most satisfying part, other than the freedom of choice and everything that you really have throughout this game and the and the opportunities to really fuck things up too yeah uh is um the narrative is so good and 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 it it's so immersive and for being like like the graphics are so dated they're so dated like it's but hard. you have to imagine just at that time how absolutely incredible that they were i remember to me they're still incredible because I, right. I see them the same way I do as a kid. I'm playing it like I was I was uh, broadcasting what I was playing onto the TV for, you know, my yeah. roommates and stuff, and they could not get over the character, like, designs. They were totally oh, spooked. They were totally spooked by it. They were like, this is disturbing. I can't watch it. Because it's, <laughs> it's photographs of people, but their faces move like it's stop motion, you know? Right, um, yes. Uh, so uh, it's really, really freaky, kind of, kind of, I would say kind of uncanny valley a little bit, but in a way that's so unique. Like it's, I think it's easy to get lost in it. It's easy to fall into it. If you kind of get over the initial shock. Of yeah. There's it, like know? a bit, it, it like is a stylized choice. It's not like it's broken or anything. Like it's very purposeful in its execution. Yeah. At the, at least based on the technology that was available in 1995 and 1996, mm -hmm. as this game was being developed. Uh, I think that might be it as far as those first couple questions that I have for you. Can I hit you and the listeners with some fast facts? I would love the fast facts. Noe's fast facts, facts time. 
Okay, it's time for some noise fast facts. Let's go. Let's get it started. Woo! Everyone loves the fast facts. Everyone's freaking out of the fast facts. Ah, no, give some fast facts right now. Titanic Adventure at a Time is a 1996 point-and-click adventure game developed by Cyberflix and published by in the United States and the United Kingdom by GTE Entertainment and Europress, respectively, for Microsoft Windows and, you guessed it, Macintosh. The player assumes the role of a former British spy during the London Blitz, and he is sent back in time to the Titanic and must complete a previously failed mission to, as Alan said, prevent World War I, the Russian Revolution, and World War II. The gameplay involves exploring the ship and solving puzzles. There are multiple outcomes and endings to the game, depending on the player's interaction with characters and use of items. The concept for the game was created by writer and producer Andrew Nelson, as we mentioned before, who spent 10 months working on the game's script, changing the plot and characters in accordance with the needs and demands of the project. He was inspired... This is very interesting. I don't know if you know this, Alan. He was inspired by a comment by his wife, Debbie Lambert, made about video games requiring too much time investment, leading him to pursue a race-against-the-clock game mechanic. Originally, the subtitle was A Race Against Time to reflect this. And I want to pause right there and just say two things. I want to get your take on this. First is, a guy spending 10 months working on a game script... I know you're not much of a gamer... Unfucking heard of know. for video games, especially like games where they people will just release games now unfinished, broken, and then release patches for them so people pay the sixty dollar pre order, get the game on launch night, and then they're like, "All right, here's a twenty five gig patch for this broken game yeah. that you already bought, which is fifty five a hundred gigabytes already." So that number one is crazy. Mm -hmm. But number two, something that the wife says, something that Debbie Lambert says about video games requiring too much time investment. I think there's like this conflation about video games, which is if a game is 60 hours, it is good. If a game is, you know, takes 45, 60, 80 hours to complete, it is automatically good. Mm -hmm. This game, Titanic at a Time, takes what? When you get good at it? Three or four hours to Uh, get through? Yeah, I would say uh, you could probably beat it in a speed run in like two hours, maybe a little less. Yeah. Totally beat it in a speed run. And this game has a cult following and is truly beloved, which I think just goes to show that like the length of a game does not determine the quality of a game. In fact, no. sometimes the length of a game diminishes the quality of a game. It can be such a slog, man. You're, uh, yes, dude. There's some games where it's just like just. Stu- and I'm not. I don't even play <laughs> video games, but there I've played some fucking games, man. Or at least watched you know my friends play games, where I'm just right. like, this is stupid <laughs> stop is stupid. playing you yes, are frustrating like, yourself this is this there's no there's no emotional investment this is just awful <laughs> it's like, you're just like controlling this guy walking around these like beautifully rendered like grass scenes and like you know and like you're spending three hours in like this field farming xp collecting items and it's like i'm having fun right haha <laughs> i'm having fun and you're like red in the face and crying and it's like dude fuck off don't play that game I know, I know. Yeah, that's well. Speaking of like games being released and then they they do like little patches. There's there's actually a. Uh, it's not really a game. It's more like a VR experience thing. It's Let's called go. Titanic. Yes. Ad- uh, a Titanic Adventure Out of Time. Boo. Uh, <laughs> it's called Titanic Honor and Glory. Um, oh shit! And this it's uh it's basically it's oh my god there's a there's so much drama around this project but basically this really? yeah Whoa, this okay this dude named uh I used to like when I was a kid um there's this dude named Tom I 
think it's Tom Linsky. I'm totally butchering his name. And I, I, sure. I, I Tom, I'm sorry. Um, sorry, Tom. But when I was a kid, he was a huge inspiration to me as a filmmaker because he used to make like Lego Titanic movies, oh, let's go. like, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. stop motion movies. And then he made, uh, uh, an incredible short film about um, the Morse code operators uh, on the Titanic, oh, and okay. um, and he also made like a bunch of like World War Two like uh, uh, like short films and stuff like student films like you know horrible green screen. But he was like sixteen, and I was right. and and as like a ten eleven year old, I looked at it with like so much like I was like wow. So I guess him and a bunch of other guys decided like almost. 10 years ago now that they were going to create a game that is a the the highest quality rendering VR 360 degree immersive Titanic map and wow. you can walk around the entire ship and you can you can already do that like essentially in Titanic Adventure Out of Time but um, yes. it's it's fake 3D in Adventure Out of Time everything is actually a 2D rendering but um, when you move forward they just created like six frames um because right. when you move forward you're not like taking steps you move forward like 20 feet and, yeah you know you literally like you glitch forward yeah you, you just awesome. you just yeah and then when you hold it down on the boat deck you just fly across <laughs> the ship one of my favorite things about watching the playthrough of the game was like you click somewhere boom you're there it's like so instantaneous oh. it's so good yeah I, i've ever uh <laughs> i'll never forget because on the boat deck if you just hold the arrow button forward you just fly <laughs> around the she go all the way around the back and everything and i remember <laughs> so my good. uncle mark you know he's like he's a little kid so he'd yeah. get to like you know by the uh the uh the wireless room which is like near the 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 bridge of the ship the front of the ship and he'd face the uh he'd face aft is the correct term he'd face face aft face aft and he'd just hit the 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 up arrow to go forward <laughs> and you'd just fly and he'd go yeah baby <laughs> So uh, it's good. such a it's it's so much fun like my so some of my favorite memories as a kid. Anyways, but um this is this is a game Titanic Honor and Glory that is completely <laughs> immersive, but uh it's taken over ten years or something. It's taken like almost a decade, like some stupid number, like seven eight years at this point. Jesus Christ! To do and apparently like there's some drama in the Titanic community. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh-oh. Tom Linsky's been like taking people's like GoFundMe money and like oh, doing stuff, wow. and so they he's gone. He's out of the project. He is out of here and now as of literally like a month ago titanic outer and glory like they weren't posting any updates or anything but they released a beta that you can download okay. you can only go on like a few decks of the ship in a few rooms and that's it and they're like okay download the beta and eventually the rest of the game will be released yeah so like that's 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 very common nowadays and there were no updates but now we're getting like a weekly update uh and it's that that's kind of interesting that's kind of fun i'm excited to play it when it comes out but man like the rise and fall of Tom Linsky, still an inspiration to me. Can't de- can't deny it. Can't deny it. Thank you, Tom. I, there's a one of my my probably my favorite my favorite podcast that I listen to on a day on a weekly basis is called Your Kickstarter Sucks. Have I ever told you about this podcast, <laughs> dude? Maybe they did an episode about ti- Titanic Honor and Glory. Well, so what they do is for the normal episodes, they like take they find six Kickstarters or six crowdfunding campaigns uh, out in the world, yeah, and they just like talk about how they're all grifts. Like that's what they do. They just talk about how they're all big ripoffs. Yeah. Like they're all just going to take your money or how just how stupid they are. 
I would not be surprised if Titanic Honor and Glory ended up on one of these episodes because yeah. one of the things they love to do is be like, yep, no updates from anyone. People leaving comments going, why can't I go on the Titanic right now? Why can't I be on the ah. Titanic floor right now? I'm pissed off at you, Tom. I and so, know. Damn, dude. Oh my I'm, God. I, when you were telling me that he was like not posting updates, I'm like, oh, he was stealing people's money. Like That's 100% what he was doing. But yeah. it sounds like we're getting a game at some point in the future. Yeah, the, the guys in charge of it now, uh, they've been posting like uh, uh, updates more than once a week. Um, they do like live streams where they'll just uh, like do like uh, uh, they'll answer questions in the chat. Like it's 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 pretty cool. I'm not su- cool. I'm not super like obsessed or like following it or anything. But there was like a hot moment where I was like, I can't even believe there's Titanic community like <laughs> drama. And then Tom Linsky was like having arguments with like a like a renowned Titanic historian like on Twitter. So I was so Jesus stupid. Christ. I was like, just like did we all forget about like why we all are fascinated with the titanic like like it's a tragedy people like died like stop making drama it's so stupid like get over yourself (laughs) a lot of people have egos based on like how much they love i love the titanic so much that i'm like the number it's like shut up you know (laughs) just just enjoy it just shut the fuck up and and don't uh, enjoy yeah enjoy your fascination with it but just have don't be a dickhead. Don't about be a it. dickhead. Christ, that's what I'll be a dickhead <laughs> about is other people being a dickhead. Love that, dude. So, yes. anyway, you made some cool movies when I was a kid. Man, I'm gonna get hate mail, dude. It's, this you is gonna are. Be crazy. You're gonna get. You're gonna. You're gonna get canceled for this. One. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the soundtrack was composed by Eric Holt and Scott Scheinbaum, serving as musical director. Genius. Holt cited inspiration. It yes, Geniuses. music in this game is unforgettable. Geniuses, yes, and I think I think Eric Holt like works for Google or something now. Like it's like something so weird. Do you know what the two main inspirations for Holt were? Uh, Chopin. Uh, he is one of the like other like he's like one of the like tertiary inspirations. But these he this is what was cited as the two main inspirations. And this was a very strange combination. Maybe the only two times these two names have ever been next to each other. Are you ready for this? So excited. Holt cited as inspirations Igor Stravinsky okay. and Joe Satriani. What? Do you know who Joe Satriani is? Uh, he's a guitarist, isn't he? Yeah, he's like a guitarist guy who just like Wait, Joe Satriani, he's uh isn't he in uh shit, isn't he in Dream Theater? I don't know what Dream Theater is. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> no, Dream Theater. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, I'm sorry, oh, dude. Oh, Joe I think he's in Sat- Chicken Foot if that means anything to you. Hold on. I'm oh, You remember God. Chicken Foot? I'm going to like die if like uh, Oh no, Joe Satriani. Oh no, he's just he's just Joe Satriani. Okay, check. Okay, Noah maybe has pulled out one chicken of his foot. Uh, one yeah, from his you ass. fucking ruled. Yeah, chicken foot. <laughs> chicken foot is a hard rock super group formed in 2008. My dad loved chicken foot when they were out. Okay, Sammy Hagar, Michael Anthony, both Van Halen guys, Joe Satriani, and Chad Smith Chad from Red Smith. Hot Chili yep, Peppers. I knew that. Who am I thinking? What a of? just awful fucking band! <laughs> what a just <laughs> disgusting band that my dad loved oh, for some reason. Okay, I was thinking of John Petrucci. My bad. Who's John Petrucci? He's the lead. Gu- he's Theater? the lead guitarist of of uh of Dream Theater. I don't. I I like some Dream Theater stuff. Mike Portnoy is a god, and 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 John Petrucci is really good. But I just I just got confused. So sorry, sorry, prog rock fans. I've I I screwed that okay. up. Rush is my favorite band. 
It's okay. It's okay. Uh, they also studied composers who were popular in 1912, such as Chopin, Verdi, Rossini, and Mahler, to better evoke the splendorous and melancholic atmosphere, melancholic atmosphere surrounding the Titanic disaster. Titanic, the movie, obviously was a huge reason why this game was played and in people's lives. Over 200,000 new units of the game were printed and shipped to stores in January and February of 1998, following the December 1997 release of Titanic. That is called Influence, yes. my friend. That um, is crazy. Yeah, the game came out. I want to make it very fucking clear. The <laughs> okay. game came it out. Clear. It came out before the movie, and yes. they were developing their map of the whole ship, the the whole thing. Um, and James Cameron called the Cyberflix office, which was in Knoxville, Tennessee. Believe it or oh, not. Oh wow! It wasn't in like New York or L.A. or or even in Silicon Valley. It was in Knoxville, Tennessee. James Love Cameron that. calls. And he's like, hey, um, can I please have your animations of the Titanic? We want to like use it for research for our movie. And they're like, oh, sure, James Cameron of Terminator 2 fame. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so they sent it to him. And there are literally shots in the Titanic movie that are completely just their renderings and animations of the sinking uh, from that. the game, and and you could also argue that like both were probably influenced by the uh, famous Titanic paintings of Ken Marshall. Um, sure, sure. Which uh, he like if you've ever seen a painting of the Titanic going down or the shipwreck or anything, it's like a, it's like a painting painting. That's that's definitely Ken Marshall. Um, but uh, uh, I don't know, I don't know. Like that, you know, you know, in the movie when. Uh, the lights go out and like the ship, yes, like yes. The, all the lights go out and then it immediately breaks in two and like the same yes. exact angles, the same exact shots are mirrored in the movie as they are in the game. Like there's no yeah. way. So a lot of people thought like, like Titanic Adventure Out of Time was just riding the coattails of, of you know, James Cameron's Titanic. Sure. They just sure. happened to exist at the same time. It wasn't like those weird Italian animation films. Titanic, the, the legend goes on. Oh yeah, or Ratatouille or something like that. Yeah, you know, you, you know, you, you've seen it. The wrapping dog. You, you know about the wrapping dog on the Titanic, oh, right? Oh yeah, specifically from Titanic, the adventure goes on. Yeah, or the, the, the what legend. Is, is that the name of it? The legend. The legend goes, goes on. on yes. I think you know there's something you should know. So I'm gonna tell you. So don't sweat <laughs> it. Forget it. Enjoy the show. Working it all sucks. day. Now it's time to unwind. Kick back, relax, <laughs> take a load off your mind. Party time. Party time. This is a rapping. That's a rapping dog on the Titanic. A rapping animal not, is funny to me. It's, it's not funny that there's so many people that died on the Titanic, dude. It's funny. That is. <laughs> it's funny to me that people died on the Titanic. Holy uh, one shit. last fast fact, and then we're gonna actually talk about the st stupid game. Uh, in a 2014 retrospective review for PC Gamer, Richard Cobbett praised the game, stating that in an inspired take on the Titanic story, that it treats it respectively, quote, while still spinning off into cool new directions. In 2017, the magazine Samuel Horty echoed this praise, calling the game an excellent adventure game. Segway time. Let's actually talk about the game itself. Let's talk about the game. Alan. Alan. Yeah. Why does this game pop? Why do you like this game so much? What's fun about this game, Alan? Uh, so I love high concept stuff that doesn't suck. You know. Let's go. Like yes. I can't. I can't do the the like. I don't know. Like 
Like I'm if, trying to even think of what that what in, what's an example of a high concept thing that doesn't that suck. Doesn't I'm trying suck, to think. man. Uh, I you know, uh, there's some good super Spider-Man Two doesn't suck. Oh, sure, Spider-Man Two game, the Spider-Man game for PS4. These are good. Yeah, these are good. good. We like these things. Yeah. Um. Uh. The Half-Life series doesn't suck. The only thing that sucks is that they never fucking finished it. Yeah. Oh. Everyone. What is it, Gabe? Is it Gabe Newell? Is the guy from Valve? That's him, right? Uh, yeah. He's like the equivalent of like George R. R. Martin in the video game world. He's, fucking he's so scary to me. Gabe Newell is so scary to me as a guy. I'm just like, yeah, dude. You you are so powerful for a guy who like probably thinks wearing like black dress socks and dr- black dress socks and Birkenstocks <laughs> is like a swag look. Like I am so scared of like what you can do like for society dude. and you dress like complete garbage. But I, I was shout out to Gabe Newell. I was totally at his mercy for a while because I, I loved Everyone Half-Life. was, dude. He was the fuck. He had people by the fucking nuts. I it know. was n- crazy. I don't. I don't really think he realized what position he was in because, like, uh, I, I don't know. Whatever. But like Half Life, Half Life Two, that's high concept. Doesn't suck. But like, even outside of video games, high concept that doesn't suck. Uh, man, there's some albums like. Uh, sure. Like any of the big four Pink Floyd albums, you know. The, yeah, the, Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. I, by Gen- I Genesis. hate the Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. You know, okay, maybe maybe it's, maybe it's I, bad. I hate, do you like <laughs> it? Because believe it or not, I've, to be honest with you, never heard it all the way through. I just know it's a famous concept album. Well, believe it or not, uh, uh, Mitchell Pratt, our yes. our our common our, our common denominator. Uh, yeah. Um, the reason we know each other. True. Actually, um, the other day he was over at my house because we got that sweet Vax juice up inside of us, Ooh. and he came over and he showed me all the way through the Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, and I, and he he's like he's like this album meant a lot to me when I was young, it, I don't think I even like it anymore, but I just want to show you this album because you haven't heard it. And I was like, okay, and it's terrible. So that's uh, uh, it's it's bad. It's the well, I'm gonna tell you something, Alan. Is Mitchell is the one who also showed me the Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, <laughs> and I I also don't like it from what I've heard of it. But I just always think of it when I think of a concept album because yeah. it is like seared into my brain as that. that. Okay, so. get get uh uh Tommy. Into your Tommy brain. by the Who. Tommy, yeah. uh, although I think the superior Who rock opera is absolutely Quadrophenia. That's a that okay. I'd say that's not as high concept as Tommy, but like presented in a much more high concept fashion. But so those are some records. Oh hell, uh, I'd say American Idiot the album, not the yep. musical, but American Idiot the album high concept. Uh, oh hell, uh, uh, you know, um, Pimp a Butterfly. That's a yes, super okay, high, fuck yeah, 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 a, yeah, yeah, yeah. High concept that doesn't suck. Something that really is gonna take on something by the nuts, like that's so huge. Like, like you're gonna tackle this huge subject matter that really needs to come from a place of like, like knowledge and understanding and empathy, and you're going to just kick its ass in the best way possible. Those are some yeah. Pieces that's of a music. fucking masterpiece yeah. album. Yeah. Um. Uh, movies. Uh, I would argue. Yeah, like we said. Spider-Man oh, the 2. MCU. Every single movie that's in the MCU. That's that's a perfect movie to me. 
<laughs> that's a perfect movie to me. Every single movie that's in the MCU is a perfect movie to me. I'm serious. I actually believe that. I actually believe every movie in the MCU is perfect and should not be changed. Oh uh, that's a real God. opinion that I have, and oh. I want people to get mad at me for that. Oh, my God. Uh... Top Gun. People like Top Gun. I don't know if that's a high concept <laughs> movie, but, but people love Top Gun for better or for, for oh, worse. Oh, you know, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, you know? Yeah, I guess. That know. rules! <laughs> it does rule. It does rule. I don't think of it as high concept, though. Anyway, okay, we love this game because yeah. it's high concept. If, it, if it's high concept and it rules, you did it. Uh, uh, you did but it. That's, those are, like, my favorite things. Like, I, I'm, like I, I'm definitely into like the more interpersonal drama stuff but here's the good news about titanic adventure out of time there's a ton of interpersonal drama in this game because you're just walking around and talking to people and based on what you your interactions with them the game sort of slowly unravels you know Um, yeah it's all revealed through your interactions with the people on the ship yeah uh so if it's high concept and it doesn't suck I'm already gonna probably be a fan, and I I yeah. love I love this game. It's so high concept, and it doesn't suck. It it's like I said way earlier in the program in today's program. Uh, it is like it's a Goldilocks I think of just brilliant concepts and ideas. Like okay, like and it, and it worked for the technology at the time too. Like okay, sure, we're just on the Titanic, so we don't have to create like. A world, you know? We right. just yeah, have yeah, to yeah. make the ship. And the ship is the whole world of the game, and that's all you got to make. And it's like, okay, great. Let's just make the Titanic. And that in and of itself was a pretty intense undertaking, but they didn't have to make, like, ooh, the land of Seronica and the land of Flim Flom Deep Doop. Fuck, whoa, you know? like bro, the, and where, where you go to multiple cities and multiple, like, no, you're just here. Um, you can so, even like at the menu, and I noticed this. You can either play the game or you can just take a tour of the Titanic. Yeah, which is nuts. Yeah, you can just walk around the ship because historians lost their minds when this game came out because they're like, "Oh my!" Like this was the first time you could actually free walk around the ship in any sort of way before. Sure, you know, like it, 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 to this extent. Did you just, like, boot that mode up at times and just, like, I'm just going to fucking walk around the ship and look at all the little nooks and crannies? Like, was that... That had to have been, like... Even whether it was subconscious or not, that had to have been part of the appeal of this game. Oh, was, yeah. I am get to be on the Titanic as it was a whole ship, not before it goes down, you know, it sinks. Yeah. Like, that's got to be part of the appeal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's... I, I think, um... Uh... uh like because in the game there's certain areas that are like not available for you to go in depending on where you are in the game so like to do the tour is like oh i can see all parts of the ship you know sure and that's just that's so cool in and of itself that's that's literally like titanic honor and glory is just going to be the tour mode of titanic adventure at a time essentially when it comes out um so uh yeah i think i think just and another thing, like I, I, I kind of talked about this earlier, but I, I really want to go into it now. Like, let's go in. Like the Titanic as an event, yeah. is uh, um, and I always felt this, and so I, I felt a little vindicated when uh, I think, I think James Cameron at some point actually kind of said something similar to this, but it's um, it's an apocalypse. It's like an apocalypse. It's like exactly I think what will happen. If the world were to ever end, this is kind of a miniature version 
sure of how it would end so you have all the rich people all, all with the rich all people, the money yeah. yes you yes. know like already at an advantage you know some people in the middle class will get lucky and jesus if you are in third class and you make it out alive you are like defying yeah. nature you know yes yes 100 um, percent. and you ha- literally have been like touched by the gods yeah exactly and um and uh uh also like attitudes you know like when the ship started sinking people didn't believe it was sinking we're kind of at that point right now sometimes oh my god we're at that point right now like, life. Holy shit. people don't they don't they didn't they did, they're like yeah do I have to get in a lifeboat? Like it's cold. It's like <laughs> you're gonna die. And get in. People didn't fucking understand that the ship was sinking until it sank. You know, yeah. like they and didn't- even then they're like, oh, it's it's got it's a little leak. <laughs> we're, we're gonna fix this. It's just so, a little leak. We're gonna fix this uh, guy. Yeah. Uh, no, so I think I think it's I think Bill Gates made an illusion that it sank, you know, like, like, pe- this like, whole thing's going to blow over in three months. Yeah. you know, <laughs> This whole thing's going to blow over six months at most. We're going to be over this thing. We're going to be over this thing. It's fine. No one has to wear Don't wear a mask. It's fine. It's actually don't wear fine. a mask. It's actually worse for you if you wear a mask. Um, uh, it's <laughs> n- fucking not. Um, so the, I think it's completely like a perfect encapsulation of the end of the world in like every single possible way. Uh, what's interesting is like, you know, um, a lot of, there are some legendary stories. Like the richest man on the ship was a guy named JJ Astor and, um, JJ Abrams. Um, and, uh, yeah. Okay. uh, (laughs) JJ Abrams was on the ship and it was cool for him. John John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, uh, John Jacob Astor was the richest man on the ship and, um, he died on the ship uh, awesome. the <laughs> two, he he was last spotted doing two things. Um, actually, uh, 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 taking a life vest and cutting it open with a knife to show his wife like how it would keep her afloat, so she should oh, wow. get, so she should get in the boat, and so she got in the boat and was saved, I believe. Um, uh, and the uh, the the legend has it that the last thing that he did was uh, there was a dog kennel on the ship, and the okay. last thing he did was he let all the he. He let the dogs out. Okay, yeah. who let the dogs out? JJ Astor on the Titanic <laughs> yeah. let all the dogs out. Um, that's a that that's a legendary thing. Uh, the owner and founder of Macy's Department Store, the famous New York oh. Macy's. Yeah. Uh, uh, Isidore Strauss and his wife Ida. They are actually, believe it or not, they're in the movie. Um, oh, they're in the movie. Okay. Uh, there's there's even a deleted scene, but they are in the final cut. Um, they're they were very old at the time. They're two old middle aged older people, and yeah, yeah. um, she, he it was women and children first, as you know, and uh, he um was like get in the boat, my beautiful wife Ida Strauss, and she was like no, my incredible husband Isidore Strauss, like we will wow. never like we will spend the rest of our lives together. So I'm not getting in that boat unless you nice. unless you get in. So they went back to their cabin, and they are in the near to near my God to the montage in the movie, the James Cameron movie. Oh, they are the okay. old couple, uh, laying in bed together, oh. holding hands as their room floods. Wow! That's the owner of Macy's. Yeah, legendary wow. story. Legendary story. And they were actually on the real Titanic. Yeah, correct? they were on the real Titanic, and they died on the real Titanic together and that was like people like because people knew who they were 
because they were very famous residents of the ship, you know? Yep. Um, uh, very famous passengers, and so people remembered, oh, yeah, I saw them on the boat deck, and she wouldn't get in the boat. She said, I'm not going anywhere with you, and they just left. And, um, uh, 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 yeah, there was a guy named um, uh, Guggenheim. Uh, yep. that was Solomon his- Guggenheim, probably. Uh, I'm not, maybe I'm not sure he's, well, it's the, it's the Guggenheim of the Guggenheim museum or a descendant of yes. the Guggenheim, museum. Guggenheim yes. dynasty for sure. Yeah. And he, uh, uh, he said, um, cause you know, he wasn't going to find a spot on the lifeboat. He was a man. So he, he got in his tux and it's in the movie. It's in the movie. He says, uh, we are dressed in our best and prepared to go down as gentlemen. Would someone please get me a brandy? You know, like, it's right, to- yeah. like you know, there are some legendary stories from, from the ship, the, the musicians playing basically as long as they could, like, you know, without their feet sliding off, you know, down the ship, you know? Yes. Uh, uh, so you have these incredible small human legendary stories uh, from the disaster, but like if you zoom out, like like I said a million times, it's uh, it's it's the apocalypse, and also like the cause of the sinking is also part of the the apocalypse, like hubris, you know, like we're just right. gonna we're gonna make the greatest ship of all time. It's it, it they 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 uh for the unsinkable yeah, ship. Yeah, it was for marketing purposes because the the design of the ship was actually brilliant. You had all of these watertight compartments. Um, that any four compartments out of like 23, if they flooded with water, the ship could float. And that goddamn iceberg flooded five. So yeah, that was classic. it. And uh, the, the hull on the bottom of the ship was like, uh, uh, it, w- it was like double layered. And I was like, well, that would have been awesome if, you know, the iceberg was pointing up, but it was pointing to the side, bro. So <laughs> it was, you know. And so it was, and it was also just a story of like, you know, uh, there's also the debate on like, you know, when they were like, when, uh, uh, the first officer was like, you know, hard to starboard, you know, turn the wheel starboard so that the ship turns to port. Um, and, uh, with that combined with reversing the engines of the ship, they actually, there, there's, there's evidence to suggest that if they hadn't reversed the engines, it actually would have cleared the iceberg, but because they put the engines in reverse, oh, it's sort of Tokyo drifted towards the iceberg just enough to where there was an impact. Um, right. And really uh, cool. Yeah, really sick. So, like, yeah, that's the, it's it's a story of hubris, human created hubris, uh, being unprepared, not against thinking, nature of all things. Against like nature. they're trying to outsmart nature. Yeah, basically. like Captain Smith, all fucking day on april 13th and 14th was getting ice warnings from ships all over the area with uh uh the the wireless and like that was the whole point of of introducing the marconi radio system was so that ships could talk to each other and be like yo there's danger out here right like it had just been invented like earlier that decade or or or, like earlier this in the century or something like it was so new and so novel they're like ooh, this will make everything's so much safer and they just used it to run in straight into an iceberg (laughs) you know it's just so ah it's like it's 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 kind of incredible how we're all fascinated i think everyone's just fascinated with the titanic uh um because everything went wrong that could have gone wrong everything went wrong and it was made out to be so much bigger and so much 
you know, it, they created their own myth and then they literally sunk their own ship. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. I mean, it, and it to the point where like even afterwards, the White Star Line was trying to cover up the fact that the ship broke in half as it went down. They were yes. so embarrassed. What's the biggest difference playing the game now versus when you were a kid? Did anything shock you or surprise you that you didn't think about when you were a kid playing it through this most recent time? Yeah. Um playing the game now i have such more respect for the history because as a kid sure. as a kid you like who's franz ferdinand who's what's austria hungary what's the ottoman empire what yeah, is no context for no any a, even as a kid what is nazi germany i'm seven you know right and and um uh uh you know it's it's all this stuff that it's like you, I, i'm just like get the notebook get the painting get the objects for me to beat the game you know right like okay yeah i did it i beat it um watching it or, or playing it now i am blown away by the the detail of history you know um, sure yes and and sure. how well thought out and 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 like they really did their homework like you said Andrew Nelson spent 10 months writing it, you know, because there, there was so much research involved when you, so, um, also I just love the imagination I th of the whole thing. Cause like the game opens, you're in your London flat during the blitz right. yes, and for sure. you like discover you're a disgraced, you know, uh, uh, excommunicated, uh, dishonorably discharged ex member of the British secret service and something went wrong on the Titanic. Uh, right. And you live in this shitty flat in London. There's yes. cockroaches everywhere. You're late on your rent. You can't leave your apartment because your landlady is, like, yelling at you. And then um, uh, 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 when you click the pocket watch that you had on the Titanic, there's a monologue that happens, like, oh, if only I could change the past. And then air raid sirens start going off, and right. a bomb hits your apartment, and it blasts you back in time to the Titanic, <laughs> and you yeah. have a second chance. What the? Who came up with it? Who? What the? I want whatever you are fucking taking to come up with that. That's brilliant. And, it is. And then, like you know, f so you wake up in your cabin on April fourteenth, the night that the Titanic sinks. Uh, yes. or hits the iceberg at least um and uh you open up like your trunk you know that you have in your room and you can read like these white papers that like outline the the current state of uh of foreign affairs you know in 1912 from the perspective of the british secret service so you're learning about like you know Austria-Hungary and Russia and the Tsar and uh, how the United States is involved and how they don't want to be involved. And, like, you learn about all of this pre-World War One era history. Um, and, like, as a kid, you don't you don't understand any of that. But the fact or that... Or care, Or honestly, give a shit. A and you don't yeah. even really need to care about it uh, to play the game, honestly. Like, you can just, like, you know... Play the game. Play the game yeah. if you want to. But understanding and learning about that stuff and, and they give you just as much information as you need to know it enhances everything so much uh it's very it's a pretty also like it's an anti-communist game as well uh because um there's a notebook on the ship that you have to get off the ship and turn into the okrana which is the russian secret police under the czar which yes. which was real and right, right. Um, the this notebook has the lists of Russian revolutionaries such as Stalin, Lenin, Trotsky, 
and if you yep. beat the game, they you turn in that you turn in those uh, names to the uh, to the czar, and they have them executed. So the Russian Revolution never happens. Soviet Russia never happens. Putin never happens. Like it's it, like it's incredible. You know, it's it's uh, 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 the 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 way that they plotted out like real like like even alternate history is kind of accurate in some ways um but there's also alternate endings like what if you only get some objects off the ship sure 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 so there's an ending where i think if you get uh like just like uh a couple objects off the ship there's an ending where um nazi germany exists and they develop nuclear weapons and they yeah. they use them to fry everybody except Germany, like on Earth, because no one else has them. So the ending is like, you know, uh, you're back in your London flat after you beat the game, the, the London flat that you were blasted back in time from totally. at the beginning. And uh, you're like uh, doing the whole monologue. There's a little scrapbook that you're going through. And it's like... Yeah, Hitler developed nuclear weapons. Like, if only the past could be changed. And then you hear an air raid siren and then flash of white. Yeah, back to it. Black. And it's like, game over. Try again. You're like, did I just get incinerated (laughs) in a nuclear warhead by Nazis? What fucking game is this? Brilliant. It's just like, it's so, and it's so immersive, too. You already talked about earlier what the most satisfying part of the game is for you. What is the hardest part of the game what is the most challenging aspect of this game either as a youngling playing this game or even still now i think as a youngling it's figuring out just stuff just like how it works <laughs> yeah. like uh probably some of the puzzles to, like putting things together as a kid um yeah like the point and click style of like oh if i combine this with this it unlocks this or it creates this new thing that i need like that's hard to figure out when you're a kid and yeah. still can be hard to figure out when you're not a kid too yeah, I mean it, it's it's. I mean, I was playing with my roommate, and I already know how to beat the game, so I actually let my roommate, um, uh, Kelsey, Teramai, shout out to Kelsey Teramai. Um, shout out to Kelsey. Yeah. Uh, I let her just play it, and I just watched it, and I watched, and she plays a lot of video games, so she caught on pretty quick. But like, you know, a, a lot of that was just video game like strategy, you know. Totally um, for sure. But like, it's. I think probably the hardest part is, like, there's so many things there's so many side plots there's a whole side plot with a guy who didn't exist uh but very interesting anyway andrew conkling he's a steel baron and he's traveling with his wife and um turns out that their maid their ex-maid is on the ship and she has a baby that baby was apparently like like uh uh uh, they like uh, uh conkling's wife couldn't have kids so they had they like handmaid's tail like a kid with their maid and then the maid took off and ran away and on her way out stole a document um and this document ends up being incriminating for andrew conkling because not only is he a steel baron he's the steel baron that provided the steel for the titanic and this document (laughs) classic is a letter that is like Mr. Conkling, the steel that we use in the Titanic is brittle and made with high amounts of sulfur. Yikes. If it comes into contact with anything, it will break, which is, you know, that's not real. That's not what happened. It, the ice right, is right, just right, right, really right. hard, but that's a crazy, like 
like side plot. So you get involved in like uh uh because Shayla uh Hacker is the maid's name. Her brother uh is like you know you tell Conkling to give us five thousand dollars for the letter. And and they get entangled in the in the in the main plot too later. Dude, I'm just realizing now this is uncut fucking gems on the Titanic, ah! dude. You are literally you're managing everyone's like expectations. Yeah. You're going back and forth. It's like you know, oh, if you give the hen the milk, but you have to give me the key for oh, the yeah. for the silver bullet. Like it's literally that whole like thought experiment just set on the Titanic. And it's like fuck, if I don't appease this person, then they're not gonna give me the thing that I need for them. Like. It's literally uncut fucking yeah. gems on the Titanic, except it's on a CD-ROM. It's nuts. Yeah, and and not, all of that, and how the fuck do I get everything that I need, satisfy everybody, and probably most importantly, get off the fucking ship in time. Yes, because the ship sinks in real time, yeah, quote unquote, right? Yeah. Yes, it, it sinks in. So quote, it, it, the reason it's quote unquote not totally real time is because they fuck you. And um, so, so here's the thing, the whole, everything up until the iceberg, you can do at your own pace. You can take 10 fucking actual years to do it. It doesn't right. matter. It's, it's only your interactions that matter. Right. Um, and progress the game forward through like various, just like cut scenes of the ship. Like whatever, every, every time you see a cut scene of the ship, just like sailing in the distance, you know, you've progressed a little bit, but sure. once you hit the iceberg, um, it's in real time, except not really, because either you get shot by the main bad guy, <laughs> right? Right. You get shot by uh, uh, the main German bad guy named Colonel Zeitel, and he shoots you, and yeah, you he's a fuck. and you wake up like an hour later in his uh, uh, um, in his stateroom, Cabin. which means yeah. you've lost you've already lost an hour. Of the of the already like two hour sinking, you've already lost an hour. So once you wake up, you have an hour to finish the game essentially. Or you know you can actually knock out Colonel Zeidel with this uh, this stupid like gas pen. <laughs> it's it's kind of it's it's kind of dumb, but it's cool. It's silly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you could like knock him out, but then you go down, you know, uh, 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 to where you need to be, and uh, you turn a corner, and boom, there's Vlad, the Slav stowaway, and he hits you in the head with a shovel, and you wake up in your stateroom an hour later. So no matter what, you have an hour to beat the game after you've hit the iceberg in real time. And if you just sat in your cabin and do nothing, like – It'll it'll time you and it'll it'll bring you to the end of the game, you know. So so nuts, dude. So you gotta do you gotta like you know make sure you have all the different items and get off the ship, you know. And that's the thing if you that is if you get all the items but don't get off the ship, uh, it just it doesn't show you the cutscene at the end that how could the future have changed? Well, you don't right. know because you died. So <laughs> right, that's the whole reason you're playing the game is so that you know. Hitler doesn't create fascist state Nazi Germany and Russia is fine and World War One doesn't happen. That's what you, you think you're playing the game to survive the Titanic, but really you are back to the futuring hit the first part of the 20th century. Yeah, which is that's crazy. that's yeah you're you're back to the futuring the first part of the 20th century and changing everything. Um, so that's the hardest part of the game is probably all of the little side plots and remembering them all, remembering all the names. There's so many names. There's so many people. And like, that's, that's why the cult following exists is because we're all still discovering for ourselves and for others, like many side plots, 
pieces of dialogue no one's ever heard before because they never thought to oh, trigger damn. these like things. Like sure. the game goes so far down the rabbit hole. And um, actually, if you go into some of the, uh, I think they're called the PIP files or PUP files of the game. I don't know. You can actually find like missing dialogue. Uh, oh yes, that's like awesome. deleted scenes and stuff. And one of the officers that you interact with, named Officer Morrow, who wasn't actually real. Um, there's apparently I just saw this on the Titanic uh, Adventure Out of Time uh, fan Facebook page. Uh, Titanic got Adventure Out of Time forever is what it's called. Let's um, go. They've uncovered a uh, missing dialogue that says like the Carpathia is here, which is that's the ship that rescued everyone in the lifeboats. The Carpathia is here. Oh my God, uh, you did it! Like you saved us all. Like. Uh, uh, we're 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 gonna be okay, and it's like, oh, there was a, they actually played with an ending where you actually can save the Titanic, but I'm oh sure yeah yeah, uh, yeah. which I'm glad they didn't do because I I I really do like the fact that like there's one thing you can't prevent and that's the ship sinking. You can prevent World War One, World War Two, the Cold War, nuclear annihilation, the threat of nuclear annihilation, but you can't prevent the goddamn ship sinking, and that's just. <laughs> That's uh, I think that's you know um uh the the part of the monologue at the very end of the game is like you know although it carried 1500 people you know to their deaths uh, uh a peaceful world would be their epitaph and uh yeah. and I know it's a game and like you know I like I don't know if it's I I don't think it's disrespectful to the people who actually died on the ship you know I think no. it's it's a way for people who existed and like lived almost a hundred years after the sinking to sort of process it. And as well as coming to the end of the 20th century, I can only imagine like, you know, uh, I, I doubt I, maybe we'll make it to the end of the 21st century. Um, right. but like to look back on it, you know, like, wow, what a century that was. And that's kind of, exactly. that's kind of, that was part of the whole attitude of the nineties was like, holy shit. We really did a lot. We're didn't here. we? Yeah. We, yeah. we started with, you know, uh, a kind of inventing like light and electricity and stuff. And we ended with all that other stuff, <laughs> you know, like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's only exponentially getting crazier, you know? So, uh, I think like the game is a, it's just brilliant in how it like summarizes the 20th century presents alternatives to the 20th century remains faithful to, uh, the Titanic respectful to the Titanic and, and uses the Titanic and everything that's, you know, romanticized about it, everything that's like fantasized about it, but also everything that's real about it and everything that actually happened about it um, and uses it as like a perfect, you know, uh, uh, encapsulation of like the the opening act of the 20th century in a lot of ways. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Alan, yeah, 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 I think yeah, that yeah, is yeah. kind of a good. Pl- yeah, 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 ridiculousness with Rob Deerdeck. Alan, I think that's a good place actually to stop. I think that is a good place to sort of think about, leave people on that little note. Thank you for being here with me for almost two hours, talking to my ear off about the Titanic, Titanic adventure at a time. This is the part of the show where you get to plug anything you want to plug. So if you have anything you want to plug. Do it now. Uh, I'm going to plug the Tox Hards. That's the name of the band uh, that I'm in. 
Um, it has nothing to do with the Titanic, but I don't know. You know, I should write a song about the Titanic, uh, uh, but not like the wreck of the Envid Fitzgerald by Gordon Lightfoot. Some, some else. I don't know. Oh shit! But we got a, we got a, uh, uh, we got some songs up on uh, Spotify. Um, uh, like uh, Noah mentioned at the very beginning, we have the uh, election night special we did last year uh, live on election night. That was crazy. Um, yes. And uh, uh, no, I just want to thank you for watching that whole thing again. <laughs> I want the record You're to show welcome. that you watched all three hours of that thing. Like, you, no one has yes. to watch the whole three hours, but like, you know, we do a lot of covers that sort of reflect that night. Uh, but we do have some originals. Uh, they're all up on Spotify, um, and uh, so I'll just plug that, and uh, I'll also plug my uh, my friendos over at Two Lemon, uh, Emerson Shout Harris, uh, Casey Donovan, Danny, Sam Pinellas, Danny Kane, a uh, uh, great group of folks over there, Julie Brown, a uh, uh, fantastic group, uh, Mitchell, Mitchell Pratt has been working Shout with out. them. Uh, yeah, check them out. They do, uh, they do like fun sketch comedy stuff on YouTube. Uh, uh, so yeah, check them out. Uh, that's what I'm plugging. We love that. Shout out to those plugs. Shout out to those plugs. Shout out, shout out, shout out, shout out, shout out to those plugs. I've never like done to, that before in my life. That's fucked. I'd also like to plug, uh, my favorite podcast by Noah Marger. Happy anniversary, sir. Thank you. I'm going to do some plugs now that suck really bad. Uh, you can go to the link tree in the description of this show. We have a, my favorite podcast link tree. It's got links to our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, not Facebook. Don't use that website. That website's evil. <laughs> uh, well, they're all evil. That one's just especially evil. Yep. Um, and everything else that I'm about to say, including my own personal link tree. It's got my own personal social medias. It's got other things that I'm working on. It even has ways to listen to my other podcast called It's On The List with Noah and Mason. Alan was on that show all the way back in 2019 when we actually used to all be in LA oh, pre-COVID. Yeah. We talked about that thing you do and... Is This the Life We Really Want by Roger Waters? Yes. All the way back in 2019, which was insane to think that that happened at one point. That's so crazy. I know. Uh, but you can go listen to that episode and many more. Uh, Mason has some tricks up his sleeve while I am on my road trip. Uh, so you can go listen to those, see what Mason's doing over there. He's got some guests that he's going to bring on, just him and a guest. He might even do some solo eps just by himself. So go support Mason, even though even though you're listening to the show to listen to me, go support Mason while I'm gone on my trip. Uh, and maybe you'll even hear an episode with me and him. Maybe, haha, maybe, haha, we will. Uh, so go check that out. Uh, and you can also watch your local government stuff on instagram at ylg.world alan was nice enough to edit one of those skits for us about a man who cannot see but there is a twist and that is that he can see actually and he is a big shithead (laughs) so go check out that video and many more you can also check us out on youtube at ylg excuse me your local government comedy on youtube all the links to that are in the link trees all you have to do is go to the link tree all you have to do is kiss me why won't you kiss me Alan Macchiarolo, thank you for being here. Thank you for talking my ear off about the Titanic. Thank you for helping me celebrate the one-year anniversary of my favorite podcast. Will you help me say goodbye to our listeners? I sure will, and and I'll kiss you. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you very much. Okay, bye. Can I sing along? Here we go.
Fuck. Fuck. Fuck.